0: Guys, it finally happened after almost two years of not wearing a face mask, I finally got COVID-19. Yes, I finally got the virus. That is why you guys did not hear from me for the past week. That's why we didn't have any shows. And so tonight's show is going to be dedicated to a week of catch up on the news that I missed because I got this virus and I was out sick. And my main question tonight is what the hell is going on? We have Black Lives Matter teaming up with Trump supporters against a greater common enemy, We have a former FDA official coming out and saying that nobody knows the origins of the six foot social distancing guidelines. We have the Biden administration coming out and condemning Russia for lack of transparency regarding their latest election. And finally, we have McDonald's turning away the elderly because this woman wasn't able to show her health pass. Yes, McDonald's, the same exact restaurant that has food that literally does not rot. All this and more on tonight's episode of Rapid Fire. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And again, apologies that there was no shows this past week, but we're going to catch up on the entire week that we missed. So this is basically going to be a recap. But let's go ahead and start off with my experience with COVID. Because I had three main takeaways. Now, number one, and most importantly, let me talk about my my stance on vaccines and face masks regarding COVID now that I've gotten it. My stance regarding these things still has absolutely not changed at all. Am I wearing a face mask now that I've gotten COVID? Absolutely not. Am I getting vaccinated? Absolutely not. And let me tell you why. Now, I'm not wearing a face mask because it took me almost two years to finally catch COVID after not wearing a face mask. And the way that I view it is, I could have worn a face mask for two years and gotten COVID, or I could have not worn a face mask for two years and still have gotten COVID. And I decided to do the latter. And I'm very happy with my decision. I'm still not wearing a face mask. And I'm not getting vaccinated against this because getting vaccinated against this virus and being potentially infertile for the rest of my life, because the NIH is barely conducting studies on how this will affect women in the long term, not worth being, you know, sick for for five days for. So that's my view and stance on those. Another big takeaway that I had because I had almost every single symptom that you could have when it came to COVID. I was extremely fatigued. I had headaches. I had fevers. I lost my sense of taste and smell. I had shortness of breath. I had every single symptom that you could possibly have. And getting this virus, I realized that we are such an unhealthy country. And as an individual with no underlying conditions who's healthy, this was still a virus that was quite difficult to beat. It knocked me out for a good five days where I was just in bed sleeping. I've never slept so much in my life. And I was speaking to one of my friends about this. And he asked me a very interesting question. He said, Sav, did you feel like this was a natural virus? And I said, you know what? No, it didn't feel natural because I've been sick for over a week at this point now, and I'm still not fully recovered. And I'm hearing this from many other people as well. But this virus wasn't so bad that I had to go to the doctor. Again, I suffered from shortness of breath, and it was a very... Kind of freaky feeling, not being able to fully breathe. But I never went to the doctor because I'm fairly healthy. I hate doctors, and I just took care of myself. The last time I got sick three years ago, because I'm a huge baby, I went to the doctor twice in one week. I didn't go to the doctor once for this virus. So my biggest revelation and takeaway from getting COVID is that we're an extremely unhealthy country, and everybody in this country treats their body like crap with the food that we put into our bodies, with the way that we treat our bodies, with the different types of products. You know, even down to the water and the types of chemicals that are in our water. We don't treat our bodies very healthy in this country, which is why this virus is affecting us so badly. And again, on top of that, it really doesn't feel like a natural virus because usually when I get sick, I'm sick for three to five days max, bada bing, bada boom, we're all better. I've been sick for about two and a half, no, not two weeks now, like a good week, a little bit over a week, and I'm still not fully healed. So those are my main takeaways from COVID. I still don't, change my stance on masks or vaccines and America, get your health under control because this isn't a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Everyone will get this virus at one point or another. So it's up to you to make sure that if you get it, you're taking the proper supplements, that you are healthy so that you can try to beat this as well as possible or not have to go to the doctor for it. So that is my two cents on that. And now I have natural immunity. So Shout out to the virus for getting me sick. So now I have the antibodies, I have natural immunity, and that is a great thing. Now that I am done sharing my story regarding COVID with you guys, let's go ahead and jump straight into the news. And I want to start off with the border because what in the actual hell is going on? Now, again, I wasn't sick enough to not be able to take a peek at the news every single day. So keep in mind, guys, I was still keeping up with what was going on at the border in Del Rio, Texas this week, what was going on in Australia, what's been going on with the FDA. And we're starting off at the border and the fact that there were 15,000 Haitian migrants, illegal immigrants. Sorry, let me use the correct terminology here at the border. Let me go ahead and play you guys a quick video of what that looked like. So, for my podcast listeners, this was Del Rio, Texas, last weekend on Saturday, one week ago today. And you guys can see thousands and thousands of illegal immigrants under this bridge in Del Rio. And it looks absolutely insane. Over there. So that's what Del Rio looked like last weekend. Uh, We had more videos like this one coming out as well. I'm just going to play it for you guys here, where you can just see thousands and thousands of people at the border. And a lot of people pose the really important question because Haiti is um, not super close to... Texas. And let me just go ahead and put this map up for you guys. Uh, Jewish Deplorable points out Haiti is almost 2000 miles away from Del Rio, mostly separated by the Atlantic Ocean. Explain to me how 14,000 Haitian invaders got into our country over the course of a few days. And as you guys can see here by that map, that is a huge stretch right there. 2000 miles separates Haiti from Del Rio, Texas. And you're telling me that 15,000 people just popped up there overnight. I don't think so. So many people are asking, how did this happen? what the hell is going on? And um, just to give you guys some numbers as well, uh, Bill Malusion of Fox News said, this is what it looks like under the International Bridge in Del Rio this morning. And he put this out um, three days ago. So on Wednesday, he put this out. This is what it looked like under the uh, International Bridge in Del Rio. Um, As of 6 a.m. on Wednesday, there were 6,700 migrants, 4,700 family Units, 1,400 single adult men, over 400 single adult females, and 73 family groups. And he puts groups in quotes there because, as we know with the border, a lot of people will straight up kidnap children and bring them to the border to try to pretend that they are family so that they can get asylum or get into America a lot easier. And then he shows this uh, footage of what this bridge looked like just this past Wednesday. And let's fast forward to today. And that camp full of 15,000 people in Del Rio is now completely gone. And now we have to ask the question, where did all of these people go? How did 15,000 people just up and vanish from the border? Can somebody answer that question for me? So as of today, or this was yesterday, my apologies. As of yesterday, this is what that camp now looks like. 15,000 people in Del Rio, just kind of gone. They're just they, they just kind of walked away. They just disappeared. Well, the Washington Examiner puts this article out and says, "Numbers game: Ten thousand Del Rio migrants processed. Leaked figures show how many were released from Del Rio, Texas. More than ten thousand migrants who were camped under a bridge have been processed by, by by border patrol agents since last Saturday, as the Biden administration moves to clear out the site. As of five p.m. local time Friday, ten thousand people who waited across the Rio Grande from." Acuna, Mexico, to Del Rio, have had their information entered into Border Patrol's tracking system over the past seven days. More than 15,000 were on site under the bridge Saturday. Several thousand more are in the process of being transported hundreds of, my- of miles across the state to be processed at Border Patrol facilities that have space and agents available, including Tucson, Arizona, and El Paso, Texas. They are not included in the 10,000 because they have yet have not yet been interviewed or booked into the tracking system. So there you guys go. Those 15,000 illegal immigrants that were at the border are now being processed and are now being shipped throughout America. We've seen this time and time again, where we have hordes of illegal immigrants coming into our country. And then this administration just goes, okay, well, we're just going to kind of ship you guys out throughout the country. Also, here's a $2,000 check and a plane ticket, okay? Okay, go ahead, guys. Go on in. Remember, vote Democrat, okay? Cool. Thanks, guys. And uh, that's what's currently going on at our border right now. That's what's currently going on. Now, we missed a week of news, so we're going to do a quick recap of how this border news was covered, because I know damn well y'all all saw this Super viral picture of Border Patrol on horses using whips to rein in the Haitian illegal immigrants. Now, this is from a guy named Sawyer Hackett, who is uh, the executive director for Julian Castro. Democrat from San Antonio, please, Democrats, get out of Texas. Uh, But apparently he works for Julian Castro and says Border Patrol is mounted on horseback, rounding up Haitian refugees with whips. This is unfathomable cruelty towards people fleeing disaster and political ruin. The administration must stop this. And these pictures and these videos went super viral. And of course, the Biden administration was condemning the Biden administration for their handling of the border. Kamala Harris was like, whoever's in charge of this needs to be investigated. Ma'am, it's you investigate your damn self for multiple things, not just your awful handling of the border. But these pictures went viral. And it's so funny, because They've already been debunked, of course. The people who took the footage of these Haitian migrants getting whipped, the people who took the pictures have come out and said, yeah, that didn't happen. But of course, the media already took the narrative and they ran with it. And now apparently... These poor, innocent souls are just being whipped at the border by border patrol. And of course, what did Joe Biden do in response? What did his administration do? Did they take responsibility for the fact that 15,000 people are at our border because they promised them amnesty and a citizenship in our country? Absolutely not. The Biden administration decided to take the alternate route of we're going to blame Border Patrol for this one and let them take the fall for that one. Because, uh, yeah, that looks really bad. And I don't think we really want to take responsibility for that. Like, this that looks really bad. Um, also, we're taking Border Patrol's horses away. So the Babylon Bee came out with this headline and it was like, uh, oh, Border Patrol is going to have to use coconuts instead of horses. And then Gensaki came out and was like, yeah, we're taking horses away from Border Patrol because like super serious. They can't be doing that at the border. Now, reporters who actually used their journalistic abilities to go and talk to Border Patrol sources came out and said, OK, well, the whips that you guys were seeing were actually reins from my good friend Julio Rosas, from a border patrol source. Agents use their reins for a lot of reasons. Primarily, it's used to steer the horse, but agents will also spin them some sometimes to deter people from getting too close to the horse. We are not aware of anyone being struck with the reins, and again, we're hearing multiple reports of that. And from the people who actually took those videos, uh, for example. The photographer behind the controversial photos speaks exclusively to KTSM of El Paso and says that the images depicting Border Patrol agents on horseback uh, told KTSM that things are not exactly what they seem when it comes to these photos. The uh, photographs which were taken Sunday appear to show agents on horses with a whip in hand. And of course, these photos caused outrage. But the photographer, Paul Rache, says he and his colleagues never saw agents whipping anyone. And then we also have an AP reporter who took the same viral footage and said through the exact same thing. Uh, Yeah, no one was getting whipped. The reins were being, you know, kind of flung around to get people to back away from these horses. And to be quite honest with you guys. This just straight. It's, it's funny to me, because if you look at these Haitian illegal immigrants, they're holding these packages of food. It looks like DoorDash. And, and someone did comment on this video and they were like, damn, my DoorDash will never get here now. And I thought it was pretty funny, but that's what it is. These illegal immigrants are complaining because they're not being fed enough, um, you know, in these areas where they're all being harnessed and held because they're trying to illegally cross into our country. So they're complaining that they're not being fed after committing a crime by coming into our country illegally. So they're going back to Mexico to go pick up food and then trying to come back. And that's what border patrol is doing. They're like, no, no, go back, get out of here. And the media takes that and demonizes border patrol. The Biden administration, instead of taking responsibility for being complicit in this entire situation where 15,000 people think they can just waltz on up to our damn country, instead of taking responsibility, Biden, Kamala Harris, Paris, Gensaki, they all come out and they demonize Border Patrol who don't have the ability to defend themselves. I've heard from several sources that morale is very low with Border Patrol right now because again, just like this Babylon Bee headline reads, Border Patrol loses horse privileges, must now bang two empty halves of coconuts together, supposed to be a joke. And then Gensaki comes out and says, horses will no longer be used in Del Rio, Texas. Yeah, we're not going to use horses anymore because... Um, Border Patrol, they decided to do their job. And we didn't like that. So now we're we're going to ha- just have to delete the horses, just delete them, to put the horses away. So that's the entire administration. It's a freaking joke. Uh, Babylon be an actual joke. It's just like the Biden administration. And it's just really strange to me how we're essentially living through the longest running episode of South Park that I've ever seen. Again, from Fox News, Biden warns mounted Border Patrol agents charging migrants in Del Rio sector. Those people will pay. And it's Joe Biden basically saying that um, he's issuing a stern warning to Border Patrol agents who, again, were seen this week chasing migrants on horseback, vowing those people will pay amid an ongoing investigation into the images, which some Democrats have falsely claimed show agents whipping migrants. And again, too, I would just like to ask the question here. AOC, girl, where are you at? Illegal immigrants are being whipped at the border, apparently. Uh, Where's your photo op in your clean white outfit crying about all this whipping that's going on? You seem oddly silent, AOC. Oh, you're too busy at the Met Gala, getting treated like a damn queen? All the help has face masks on, but you don't? Okay, apparently it's not that big of an issue because AOC is not crying on the border about it. And to be quite honest with you guys, that's how I gauge how bad things are at the border. Okay. AOC is going and crying about something. That's how we know how, how, uh, you know, the levels of badness that it is. Sorry. I'm so a little bit foggy. So you guys get a kindergarten level vocabulary today. (laughs) <laughs> but let's go ahead and take a look at what's actually going on in Del Rio, okay? Because 15,000 people can't just waltz off without there being repercussion. Uh, again, from Bill Malusian, he says, Congress, Texas Congressman Tony Gonzalez says, food shortages are beginning at Del Rio grocery stores and that some local restaurants have been asked to close early and make food for the migrant camps underneath the International Bridge where nearly 15,000 migrants are camped. And he put that out on uh, September 18th, which was this past Oh, last weekend, again, last Saturday. So that's what Del Rio was looking like on the ground. I know that there were several reporters that were going to Del Rio as well to go, uh, you know, again, get on the ground footage of what was going on. And they couldn't even get a hotel in the city of Del Rio. They had to get hotels, which were severely upcharged because all of the hotels in Del Rio were filled with illegal immigrants. And what else is going on with all these these Haitians that are coming over here? Well, Washington Examiner says that Haitian migrants in custody have hijacked multiple buses. Now, this story came out on September 22nd, which was this past Wednesday. Uh, apparently, they were sending Haitians back to their country. And Haitian migrants in federal custody decided to hijack multiple buses during transport rides and forced out drivers and incidents that threatened to stop the U.S. government's immigration enforcement operations, according to three people familiar with the incident. They've basically been overpowering the drivers and they've actually hijacked a couple of the buses and driven them down the road a little ways and escaped. And this happened multiple times, a senior federal law enforcement official told the Washington Examiner Tuesday evening. So, um, you have Haitian migrants hijacking multiple buses. What else do we got? Okay, from the New York Post, we also have them assaulting ICE officials and pilots on their deportation flights. Haitian illegal immigrants being deported from the U.S. have bitten and attacked immigration and customs enforcement officers on board planes in a bid to halt their return. To the Caribbean nation, according to reports. Some pilots have also been assaulted in a series of incidents this week as the U.S. conducts deportation flights to Haiti after nearly 15,000 migrants, again, mostly Haitians, settled under a bridge in Del Rio, Texas. In one incident, two Haitians left their seats and bit ICE officials as their plane was taxing down the runway, and the plane had to turn back due to these disturbances. Another flight was canceled, and migrants became disruptive and started fighting personnel on the plane. Per officials. So uh, they're not sending their best. But of course, if we highlight that or we point that out, we are called racist. We are the racist ones for saying, hey, uh, yeah, these Haitian migrants uh, that illegally crossed into our country are biting people and hijacking buses. That's not very civil behavior. Well, guess what, my guy, you're now a racist for even thinking that. And I'm a racist for saying it sorry, I don't make the rules. I just live in America in 2021. Everything's racist now. They even started canceling episodes of SpongeBob in the office. My cousin, she texted me the other day. She was so upset because I guess they deleted this episode of SpongeBob where they they like make a joke about a panty raid, and the whole purpose of the joke was to say. And the episode was that it was bad. They were doing that, but they deleted the whole episode anyway. And then they also deleted the diversity episode of The Office because it was just so scary, guys. It was just so scary, and it's like you can't make comedy about things that might offend people. <sighs> just like, I'm so glad we live in such an inclusive society where we're now no longer allowed to laugh at things. I hate it here. Send me back to the COVID days when I was just asleep. Anyways, so if you think that that's not bad enough, and if the Biden administration's handling of this entire situation wasn't botched enough, well, Jen Psaki, of course, you know, we got to bring up our girl Jen Psaki. This is what she had to say in regards to these illegal immigrants, because remember, guys, we're still in a pandemic. Okay, we're in a super, super dangerous pandemic, super dangerous that we have to be reminded that we're living through it every single day. Um, this is what Jensaki had to say in regards to the illegal immigrants allowed to waltz on over to our country, unvaccinated COVID positive versus, you know, Americans who are actually losing their jobs now because they don't want to get vaccinated. This is what Gensaki had to say. To our, uh, our national security team and see what that process will and look like. question about what's going on at the border, is somebody asking the foreign nationals who are walking into Del Rio, Texas and setting up camps on this side of the border for proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test? Well, first of all, I can, re- re- I can readdress for you or re- re-talk you through what well, steps the, we that take. That is the policy for people who fly into the country. So if somebody walks into the country right across the river, does somebody ask them to see their vaccination card? Well, let me explain to you again, Peter, how our process works. As individuals, like as individuals come across the border, uh, and uh, they are uh, both assessed for whether they have uh, any symptoms. If they have symptoms, they are. The intention is for them to be quarantined. That is our process. They're not intending to stay here for a lengthy period of time. I don't think it's but the same here. thing. The it's difference? not. Okay, Jen, Jen. Silence. Silencio, ma'am. First off, what the hell was that response? Because eh, uh, eh, uh, 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 she knew she was like, okay, how am I gonna answer this? How am I gonna tiptoe around this very obvious answer? Ooh, I don't want to tell the truth, so I uh ooh. She just mumbles and stumbles all over her words and jumbles them up because she knows that she's about to lie or try to figure out how to completely sidestep the truth of what's going on. So number one there, Jen, work online, girl. We all know that you're the liar, uh, you know, the the press secretary that lies the most out of all the press secretaries in history. So congratulations on that one. And then, two, she said, well, they're not planning on staying here for a long time. Really, ma'am? Well, can you explain then these pictures? Uh, So apparently... Um, Haitian migrants have been discarding their Chilean and Brazilian ID cards over on the Mexican side of the border to obscure from asylum reviewers that they were already safely and prosperously situated for years and years before coming for the American upgrade. And as you guys can see in these pictures, we have well many, many of these IDs just being thrown out on the Mexican side of the border. My friend Jorge Ventura was on the border and he collected a bunch of these himself. So these are just littered everywhere on the Mexican side of the border because uh, people don't want, again, officials here in the U.S. to know that they were already established in another country um, because that would make it harder for them to seek asylum post-millennial writes this headline abandoned IDs found at u.s border show haitian migrants held chilean refugee status an immigration expert said the reason haitian migrants discard their chilean and brazilian id cards over here on the mexican side is to again obscure from asylum reviewers um Amid the Biden administration's ongoing border crisis, it appears a number of Haitian migrants held Chilean refugee status, according to abandoned ID cards found at the U.S.-Mexico border near where more than 15,000 migrants camped under the Del Rio Bridge in Texas. So there you guys go. There you guys go. And I'm bringing this up because I do want to immediately debunk that these people are just having such a hard time. Oh, the poor Haitians, They the president was assassinated and they're dealing with a lot of, uh, you know, natural disasters and it's just chaos in their country. We need to accept them. OK, how did they get uh, Chilean and Brazilian IDs, Gensaki, if they aren't planning to stay here for a long time? I'm sure they weren't planning to stay in uh, Chile or Brazil for that long either, but they stayed long enough to be able to get an entire ID. Very, very interesting on that front. And then also, Brian Stelter retweeted this uh, article the other day, and I feel like more than anything, it just highlighted that these illegal immigrants are a lot more well-off than the media is trying to say that they are. From the LA Times, for many Haitian migrants' journey to Texas started online. Interesting. For the final leg of his journey from Chile to the United States, Haitian migrant Fabricio Jean followed detailed instructions sent to him via WhatsApp from his brother in New Jersey who had recently taken the route to the Texas border. So... What I want to highlight with this is, one, if you look at all the footage of these illegal immigrants, they're all dressed in brand new clothes. They look like they're well-fed. They look like they're doing good. Number two, they have uh, Chilean and Brazilian ID cards because they did have asylum in these other countries. And three, they're so well off that they're getting instructions via their cell phones on WhatsApp on how to illegally cross into America. I'm sorry, is anybody else like, Wait, what? I mean, that that seems kind of like they don't need that much help. And they're just coming over here illegally, because the entire Biden administration said they'd foot the bill if they did. That's what that sounds like to me. But what do I know? I'm just a dumb middle American. And Again, too, just to, you know, bring it back on how horribly Biden is handling this from the New York Post, DHS chief can't even give a ballpark estimate on illegal immigration numbers. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas on Tuesday insisted that the US borders are closed, but couldn't even give a ballpark estimate on how many of the 1.3 million illegal immigrants apprehended at the border this year are being held, were deported or released into the US. So apparently, there was a, a hearing before the Senate Homeland Security Committee. And when he he was asked, he was just like, yeah, I can't really give you a ballpark on the numbers. I mean, what do you want me to do? You think this is my job or something? Come on, guys. Come on. Who knows how many illegals are coming in? It doesn't really matter. I mean, uh, it's fine. It's fine. The border's wide open. It's fine. And then again, from the New York Post, thousands of Haitian migrants vanish via White House's math. Uh, and this story is from this past Thursday, the Biden administration had to resort to fuzzy math on Thursday in an attempt to claim progress in dealing with the Haitian migrant crisis in Del Rio, Texas. During her daily news briefing, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said that since Sunday, 12 repatriation flights had ferried over 1,400 undocumented immigrants back home to Haiti. And then she said like another 3000 had been moved here another, you know, so many are over there. And yeah, Jen Psaki, with her own numbers doesn't even know what's going on at the border. Okay, no one knows what's going on at the border. The only person who knows what's going on at the border is the average American citizen, who is actually looking at the news and actually trying to figure out what's going on down there. Because this administration has been the complete opposite of transparent, which, you know, big surprise there. (sighs) What the hell's going on? What the hell's going on in this damn country, guys? You get sick for a week and 15,000 people just show up into your damn country and just disappear. Seems suspicious to me. Seems suspicious to me. And also, too, let's check in on those Afghan refugees. Because keep in mind, I am not aware if there are still Americans stranded in Afghanistan, but I'd imagine there still are. Everyone kind of forgot about that story because now we have a border crisis going on. Now we have the feds arresting the feds at the January 6th rally they held last weekend. We have a lot of other things going on. So everyone kind of just forgot about the entire Afghanistan debacle. And it also came out too that confirmed Joe Biden did kill seven children and three civilians with a drone strike. And is anybody going to be held responsible for that? Absolutely not. You know what the media decided was a huger story, was a bigger story and much more important? Illegal immigrants not being whipped at the border. Border patrol riding their horses and using their reins. That's what took priority in the news this week. Not confirmed that Joe Biden killed seven children in Afghanistan via a drone strike. So that's America in 2021. And uh, let's check in on those refugees. How are those Afghans that we uh, have allowed into our country doing? From Fox News, assault on female U.S. service member by male Afghan refugee at Fort Bliss is under FBI investigation. The incident comes on the heels of two Afghan refugees being charged with federal crimes at a Wisconsin military base. An investigation is underway into an alleged attack of a female U.S. military service member by several male Afghan evacuees being housed at Fort Bliss. The FBI has confirmed to Fox News it is investigating a referral from a Fort Bliss Afghan refugee housing complex in New Mexico, alleging that a woman whose name and age are unknown at this time was assaulted on September 19th by a small group of male evacuees. And again, that isn't the only Assault that has since happened. That's not the only crime being committed by these Afghan refugees. On top of that, from Breitbart, two Afghans brought to U.S. charged with child sex crimes, strangling wife while living on Wisconsin military base. Two Afghan men brought to the United States as part of President Joe Biden's massive resettlement operation out of Afghanistan have been charged with child sex crimes and domestic abuse while temporarily living at Fort McCoy in Wisconsin. So they're not sending their best guys and that's who is now living in America. And also just a quick refresher for you guys. Let's not forget that Daily Mail article that I read a couple weeks back where an Afghan refugee or a Muslim man was in the UK and went and stabbed a woman because he was mad that she was working. Why? Because cultural assimilation is a very real thing. And I'd imagine that the attack on this woman from these Afghan refugees as well in Fort Bliss, probably a cultural assimilation thing because in Afghanistan, in Middle Eastern culture, the men are just allowed to grope women, the men are allowed to attack women, the men are allowed to treat women like objects. So when you bring people from Middle Eastern culture into America and just expect them to act civilized as Westerners are, I'm not saying they're not civilized. No, that it is uncivil. It, it is an uncivilized way to live. I'm gonna say it. Um you can't expect them to just Culturally shift like that. So that's what's going on in our country. Now. We have 15,000 Haitian Illegals just who knows where they're at and then all these Afghan refugees who got rescued over American citizens are now assaulting women and children in in America There you go Now, before we get into our COVID news, I I know it's going to be a long show today, guys, so thank you so much for sticking with me. Before we jump into that, I have to talk to you guys about this hilarious story from Axios. So apparently the Biden administration is condemning Russia's election crackdown as Putin's party wins big majority. And let's just go ahead and read the key points here. The State Department condemned the Russian government's crackdown on opposition groups during this weekend's parliamentary elections. Why it matters. Per Axios, President Vladimir Putin's ruling party retained its supermajority through a vote marred by widespread irregularities, reports of ballot stuffing and restrictions on the Russian strongman's most vocal critics. Oh, my gosh. That sounds so vaguely familiar, but I just can't put my finger on why. The big picture from Maxios. opposition leader who survived an assassination attempt by Russian security forces last year is currently serving out a three-year prison sentence. Organizations affiliated with Nelveni have been outlawed and declared extremist groups by the Russian government. Apple and Google deleted Nelveni's tactical voting app from their app stores last week after the Kremlin threatened to arrest their employees. And major gains by opposition groups were erased Monday after the Electoral Commission added millions of votes online, a delayed count that drew cause of foul play for its lack of transparency. You know, this kind of vaguely reminds me of when uh, Twitter refused to allow the New York Post story to run about Hunter Biden and his dealings with Ukraine and China and that whole laptop story, uh, you know, to come out. That kind of reminds me of this. It also kind of reminds me of when Donald Trump was deleted off of Twitter. And then Further, it reminds me again of how non-transparent our election was and how in the middle of the night, Joe Biden got all of these votes randomly and then he won the election. I don't know. It's just like I'm just seeing some similarities here, but that's just me. That's just me. Shout out to the Biden administration for calling out Russia for their lack of transparency in elections. Good on the Biden administration for calling for free and fair elections because that's what we that's what we have in America. We're a democracy, okay? The people's vote matters here. No, we're actually a Republican. Our vote doesn't matter. Anyway, I just thought that was hilarious and you guys had to see it. Also, funny enough, we have White House reporters filing formal complaints against Biden for refusing to answer questions. Now, Boris Johnson was meeting with Joe Biden and... The press wanted to do what the press normally does and ask some questions, and this is what happened. Uh, it interrupts or uh, unbalances the, the Belfast Good Friday Accords, uh, That's the uh, Belfast Good Friday Agreement. That's that's the. Oh, So there you guys go. That is what happened when the press tried to ask Boris Johnson and Joe Biden questions. As soon as a question was asked, uh, Boris Johnson's trying to answer it. And then Biden's staff just goes, Okay, thank you. Get out, 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 please, everybody, get out. And Jen Socky even came forward and was like, Well. Boris Johnson didn't tell us that he was going to be asking the press questions. That is something that typically happens, but we were just really surprised by it and he didn't ask permission (laughs) because Joe Biden has to ask permission to talk to the press and he should have done that. He should have told us, but he didn't. So it was a big issue and, and that's what ended up happening. And now the White House reporters, the same White House reporters that covered for Joe Biden through the entire election process refused to ask him any real questions are now formally complaining that he is still refusing to answer questions. So ironic, guys. It's so funny to me how the media is now complaining about the very situation that they created. Now that wraps it up for Biden's blunders. Also, if you guys didn't hear Joe Biden's UN speech, it was absolutely abhorrent. The man had no idea what he was talking about or what was going on, to be quite honest with you. Does anyone really know what's going on in this country anymore? I sure as hell don't. But anyways, his UN speech, it was this past week, also a complete mess. Everyone was laughing at him as per usual. And then his handling of the border crisis pretty much matched everything else that he does in life. Uh, Apparently, Obama was famously quoted by saying, never underestimate how badly Joe Biden can F things up. Well, well, we certainly underestimated him because this country is a shit show. Sorry, dad. I didn't mean to curse, but let's be honest. What other vocabulary could I have used for that one? All right, let's go ahead and get into our COVID news now because, again, what the hell is going on keeping with today's theme? Apparently, um, per the Gateway Pundit, we have the group that protested CDC in support of Nicki Minaj is now inviting Trump supporters to join them for a demonstration this Friday at the CDC headquarters says CDC employees threw things at him. Now, this is the Black Hammer organization. Um, the commander-in-chief is Ghazi Kadso. We have interviewed him on Slightly Offensive. He is extremely racist, and he calls Elijah a shaved monkey. So this guy is like as far left as they come. But apparently the greater common enemy right now is the CDC, is these mandatory vaccinations. And Ghazi is now asking Trump supporters to align with his group and protest the CDC. Kodzo told the Gateway Pundit that this is such a human issue that we can't let things that used to separate us continue to separate us. A real core value of our humanity is literally being ripped from us, the ability to say what goes inside of our bodies. If we do not make that choice, that this administration tells us to make, we are no longer capable of working. He said that he is willing to stand with anyone who is willing to go side by side with me to fight for that core value. On top of that, we also had a uh, black lives matter threatening an uprising against racist vaccine mandates uh, in New York. And this was, this is just such a wild timeline to live through. So these Asian women asked these black women from Texas for their vaccine passport And then BLM went to the restaurant to go protest the women for being racist. And Black Lives Matter protesting mandatory vaccine passports and Nicki Minaj coming out against the vaccine is definitely not where I thought we would be in September of 2021, but I'm not mad about it. And it is interesting now to see how the media will try to spin this because we all know that BLM are media darlings and they can do no wrong. But what about when it comes to vaccines? Hmm. It will be very interesting to see what ends up happening in regards to this. On top of that, Politico is reporting that the FDA panel votes against broad rollout of the Pfizer booster shot and endorses narrower use. The panel unexpectedly broke with the Biden administration's push for a wider booster campaign this fall. And uh, the FDA advisory panel voted unanimously on Friday in favor of a booster dose of the Pfizer biotech COVID-19 vaccine for people 65 and older with the shot given at least six months after the initial vaccination. But the vote came after the independent committee unexpectedly voted six to two against advising the agency to approve boosters for anyone 16 and older after hours of debate. And that seems like good news, but guess what? Good old CDC director Rochelle Walensky came forward and said, well, I'm going to overrule that. I'm going to overrule this decision." and I'm still going to recommend the booster shot. Glenn Greenwald says, unbelievable. After 18 months of demanding everyone follow the science and scorning any questioning, Biden's CDC director ignores and overrules the overwhelming recommendation of her scientists about the Pfizer booster to align with what Biden wanted. So there you guys go. As we all know, the science really depends on how the CDC is feeling that that day. I mean, it really just depends. It's kind of just like someone licks their finger, figures out which way the wind's blowing. And that's the science for the day. So we have the FDA coming out and being like, hey, boosters for everyone. Nah, fam," And the CDC director is like, well, actually, we've been saying to listen to the scientists, but now we're not going to listen to you anymore. Speaking of scientists and uh, officials that are supposed to care about our health, The Hill came out with this whopper of a headline this week. Gutlieb, who is a former FDA official, says nobody knows the origins of six-foot social distancing recommendation. Former Food and Drug Administration Commissioner Scott Gottlieb said on Sunday that nobody knows the origin of the six-foot social distancing recommendation. I'm just repeating that because it is so ridiculous. Now, this is how I'd imagine they came up with that recommendation. They're probably just like, hey, guys, um, let's have a spitting contest. Like, Let's just line up and like, who has the strongest lungs? Tyler, Tyler, you have the strongest lungs. Okay, Tyler, whoever can spit the farthest... They'll get to decide the, the the distancing guidelines. So go ahead, Tyler. Spit as hard as you can, as far as you can. You have the strongest lungs here at the FDA. Okay, Tyler, we're, we're measuring it at six feet. That's a good guideline. Let's go with that. It's probably what FDA officials did because apparently nobody knows where this six-foot social distancing recommendation came from. And they probably got Carol too, who maybe had the weakest lungs. They were like, Carol, spit as far as you can. She could only spit three feet. Okay, three to six feet. Perfect. Bada bing, bada boom. New FDA guidelines. Woo! Science. I love it. I absolutely love to see it. So great. Nobody knows where the hell that came from, but let's keep following it. On top of that, we also have scientists now trying to make plants with edible vaccines in them. Uh how about we don't do that? Vaccines in your salad? Question mark. Scientists growing medicine-filled plants to replace injections. Vaccinations can be a controversial subject for many people, especially when it comes to injections. So what if you could replace your next shot with a salad instead? Researchers at the University of California, Riverside, are working on a way to grow edible plants that carry the same medication as an MRA vaccine. Yeah, how about we don't do that? It just seems like a recipe for disaster, especially when we have uh, Turkish professors like uh, Zafir Krugel, who has said on TV that they accidentally vaccinated babies with the COVID vaccine, the adult dosage, by the way, and they'll publish the results of their uh, accidental experiment. He was also a member of the scientific committee at the Pfizer Scientific Research Competition and this is all in turkish uh, but in this thread they did add that video here and um the person who is translating this says he tells this on tv like there is nothing problematic about it they just accidentally vaccinated babies with full adult dosages of covid vaccinations so um yeah if y'all can't even get vaccinations under control how about we don't make salads that accidentally you know have vaccines in them and maybe accidentally feed them to people in america Yeah, let's not do that. I don't like that plan at all. Please stop. Why are we essentially living through like Austin Powers? We have Dr. Evil out here trying to population control everyone. China also came out and said that George Soros is like satanic and evil, which I thought was hilarious. And people kind of feel the same way about Bill Gates because he came uh, earlier this week. This reporter was asking him, so uh, did you learn any lessons from the Jeffrey Epstein debacle? And uh, Bill Gates just goes, well, he's dead he's dead. So that's the main takeaway. Uh, yeah, yeah, we are essentially living in Austin Powers and Dr. Evil is Bill Gates and George Soros, except they're actually really evil and trying to destroy all of us. So that's super fun. <sighs> Another other insane news, apparently Chris Rock, who was vaccinated, got COVID-19 and then urged other people to get vaccinated saying, trust me, you don't want this. Well, as somebody who got COVID myself, Uh, I would say, yeah, the virus wasn't fun. No virus ever is. But if you're healthy and you care about your body and you take supplements, you'll be fine. You'll be good, fam. You don't need to get vaccinated against this. And uh, more ironically, sir, why would you urge vaccination if you were vaccinated and then you got the virus? What? That's just my two cents. That's just my two cents. Todd Starnes came out and said this week as well, I got the Moderna vaccine on the advice of my doctor. About a week later, my blood pressure suddenly shot up over 200 and I was hospitalized with a heart problem that I did not have before I got the vaccine. I did not get the second dose. Well, I mean, I wasn't going to get the vaccine because everyone keeps telling me they're getting heart problems and myocarditis and being hospitalized and having weird menstrual cycles. But then a celebrity came out and told me to get it. And so... I totally have to now because it's like so hip and cool to get the vaccine. Ah, Heart problems are so in right now, you guys. From NPR this week, too. Nurses are in very short supply. Employees worry that vaccine mandates could make it worse. And um, again, this is basically talking about all of these hospitals that are firing their nurses because they don't want to get the vaccine mandate. And keep in mind, the media is telling us is telling us right now that hospitals are so overwhelmed because of the unvaccinated. The hospitals are so overwhelmed that we're firing nurses who refuse to get the vaccination. That's how overwhelmed we are. We're firing essential workers. But it's okay, guys, we're firing them because as The New York Post highlights, uh, foreign workers could just replace New York's unvaccinated hospital and nursing home staffers. So uh, the new governor, Kathy Hochul, said on Wednesday that nearly 20 percent of workers at hospitals and nursing homes who refuse to get vaccinated against COVID-19 will be replaced, potentially by foreigners once the state mandates goes into effect next week. Hoschel told reporters in Rochester that she hoped that all unvaccinated employees would meet Monday's deadline, but said, to those who won't, we'll be replacing people, and I have a plan that's going to be announced very shortly. We've identified a whole range of opportunities we have to help supplement them, and they're working closely with various hospital systems to find out where they can get other individuals to come in and supplement places like nursing homes. They've also reached out to the State Department to find out about visas for foreign workers on a limited basis to bring more nurses over here. So this is just all lining up so perfectly guys. We open the border wide up and then we bring in all of these illegals who are willing to do anything to get a job in America, even get vaccinated, you know? Yeah, sure. Jab me up. And then, um, The Americans who are the backbone of this country and have kept this entire economy running and this entire country running, well, you're the ones that are going to get fired now because now all of those foreigners who just came over illegally, we're just foreigners in general. We're going to give them the jobs, and then you're just going to be SOL, my guy. So listen to what government has to say. It will ruin your life. That's where we're currently at. And I wish things were getting better, but internationally right now, things are still insane. Like I said at the beginning of the show, McDonald's turned away an elderly woman because she lost her health pass. So they turned her away from being able to buy food. Keep in mind, McDonald's food does not rot because it's so unhealthy and so chock full of chemicals and preservatives. So McDonald's being the arbiter of health and saying, oh, you, you're not healthy because you don't have a vaccine. So please, you cannot eat our food, which will immediately give you high cholesterol and diabetes. Please leave. Let's watch this quick video. Uh, Absolutely insane. I I had something stolen, so I have... Okay, but, and then you can see you're you're vaccine. I have my vaccine. This is, this is a very, very serious problem. Have a very I have my, problem. my vaccine. You can call my doctor. So there you guys go. I don't know what kind of person has the heart to turn away an elderly woman who's just trying to go get a hamburger because she lost her health passport but that was in canada and that's what's currently going on over there and then let's just go ahead and jump to italy and see what's going on on that end pope francis closed the doors of the vatican to those without the vaccine passport and a lot of people are you know bringing up the very ironic point here i don't remember in the bible when jesus turned away the people who didn't have a leprosy vaccine oh wait So, you know, that's why I always beef with the Pope. I feel like people idolize this man too much. And in the Bible specifically, it says to idolize no man or object in this world. God is number one. If you look at the Ten Commandments, the first commandment is put no idol above me. And in regards to the Pope, I a lot of people, I think, idolize the Pope so much. And now you have Pope Francis coming out and saying, hey, sorry, we're going to turn you away from the church if you don't listen to what uh, the government is telling you to do. So sorry, just sorry, sorry. Ah, uh, gosh, what the hell? So that's what's going on in Canada. That's what's going on in Italy. And then let's go ahead and take a peek at Australia. Australia. Now, I'm going to play this video first because it's from one of the better protests that have happened. A lot of the union workers or construction workers, I think. They're like construction and union workers in Australia. Uh, They're basically pushing back hardcore against the lockdowns, against everything. And they've actually been pushing back and fighting back against the police. And I want to play this video because it's absolutely Perfect, and if the masses decide to stand up and take back their freedoms, this is about as much power as the police would have. I freaking love it so much for my podcast listeners. So in this video, this Australian police officer is like, Mo, Mo, get out of the way. And he thinks the louder he screams, the scarier he is. And he walks up to this worker and the worker just stands there and just doesn't move. And the guy just goes, oh, and they just walks away because the cop doesn't know what to do. He's like, well, this guy's not moving. And everyone's like, F you, pig, F you, get out of here. You've been taking away our freedoms. You've been taking away our rights. Get out of here. Nobody wants you here. So that's what... Uh, happened last weekend, but this is the most up-to-date footage that's coming out of Australia. Uh, Victoria police apparently brutally arrested a couple for not wearing a mask at the beach. This video came out yesterday and I don't have audio for it, but it's just heartbreaking to see like three, four cops piled on top of these people because they're outside at the beach trying to go and enjoy the fresh air, trying to go and enjoy their God-given rights and freedoms. And they're being tackled to the ground by the Victorian police. Australia is going absolutely insane. And pray for the people of Australia because what is happening to The people over there is absolutely disgusting. And I hope that they're getting close to finally being done with this oppressive government taking away their freedoms and they finally rise up and push back. And to Americans, to anyone all over the world, stand up now and take back your rights because Australia is the test subject for what is going to happen to all of us if we continue to allow the government to come in and take away our rights. Now let's go ahead and jump to Israel, who again is the most vaccinated country in the world. Israel's ministry of health announces that the green pass for vaccinated expires when six months have passed after the second dose. And now also six months after the third booster vaccination. So another test example of what is going to happen if you don't push back and say, no, I'm not getting this. I want the right to bodily autonomy. I want to have the right to take care of my own health. The government should not be allowed to fire me from my job for not getting vaccinated. If we refuse to do that. If we refuse to take a stand, if enough Americans refuse to take back their lives, that's what's going to happen. Oh, well, um, sorry, you only have uh, 15 vaccines. I'm reading your paper right here. So uh, we can't let you in the grocery store today. Also, you can't bank with us anymore because um, you're a domestic terrorist for not getting vaccinated. Bye bye. So that's just some of the insanity that happened the past week while I was gone. On top of that, There was a justice for January 6th rally last Saturday, and apparently the Feds accidentally arrested the feds there. Uh, from my friend Ford Fisher, earlier at Justice for J6 Defendants' Rally, police surrounded a masked man reportedly armed with a firearm. He tells them where the gun is and they pull out his badge. He's undercover law enforcement without disarming or handcuffing him. Police extract him from the event. So that was the biggest thing that came out of the Justice for J6 rally is the feds arresting the feds. And then on top of that, we also had um, an article from the New York Times come out today basically saying that. Um, Um, I'm having brain fog right now. What did that article say? Uh, basically there were known feds at January 6th at the rally at the event, which we already knew, which we've already talked about. So there you guys go. I love it when the FBI and when our intelligence agencies create domestic terrorist events and then push Americans to be a part of them. And then expose their own domestic terrorist plot that they made up. Love when that happens. Absolutely love it. Finally, to wrap up tonight's broadcast, there was the Maricopa County audit in Arizona, and apparently a lot came out. I haven't kept up with that one, so I'm not going to comment on it outside of Rahim Kassam's tweet. Um, He said over 3,400 more ballots were casted than recorded, 9,000 more mail-in ballots were received and recorded than official number of ballots sent by county, and over 2,300 voters casted votes in Maricopa County in person after moving out of the county the reports were in three volumes and extremely detailed over 100,000 man hours were put into processing 2.1 million ballots by hand. Now, the interesting thing about this is that the right is saying that this exposed a lot of voter fraud, that we need a nationwide audit of the vote. And the left, because this was trending on Twitter yesterday, is saying that it proved nothing. It actually proved that Joe Biden won by an even bigger margin in Arizona. I haven't kept up with this audit, so I'm not going to comment on it. But that is what I've heard from both sides so far. And that is what the right is saying. So that wraps up tonight's episode of Rapid Fire. Thank you guys so much for recapping the entire week for me. Um, We are in the new studio now. I didn't know if you guys noticed. So I have to give you guys a huge shout out. You always supporting me, you guys sharing the podcast, you guys liking and subscribing to the YouTube channel, you guys leaving reviews on my podcast, going to my website. And of course, um, you know, donating has allowed me to make this studio and make it better. So that way our audio isn't choppy and our video looks good. So thank you guys so much again for always supporting me and for sticking with me. I'm sorry it was out for the week, but uh, we're back. We're better than ever. We'll be, I'll be back on Slightly Offensive this week as well. I miss Elijah very much. And then we'll be back to our regular broadcasting of Rapid Fire twice a week. And now that we have a new studio, we will be having guests soon. I've been talking with a member of the LAPD that says there is a mass uprising of police officers that are trying to push back against mandatory vaccination. So we're going to get them on as guests and we're going to get multiple guests on um, in the coming weeks. So I'm very excited about it. Uh, please remember you can go to safsofficial.com as well to go and research all of the videos and articles that I reference in my broadcast go to safsofficial.com go check out my website and then please remember you can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. Please go leave me a five-star review. I'm trying to grow the show. I'm trying to get the word out, so please share this show with just one of your friends. I appreciate you all so much and um thank you for always supporting me everyone. All right, that wraps it up for today's episode of Rapid Fire. My name is Savannah Hernandez.